another episode of Don't Leave to Judges Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Patty Broken Skull. Patty. Yay, yay. I really wanted to hit it like Ice Cube. Uh, so, Sam, I got some news for you. It's not news. Well, it's news to you, probably. But it's not news in the general sense of like, hey, nobody's ever heard of this in the MMA world. But I'll give another shout out to the YouTube channel, Mixed Martial Academics. Okay? I don't know who this guy is. He gets a lot of the information right, gives me a lot of new information. And something I found out recently about KGB Lee, who you might remember, mm-hmm. you might even know this information. But this woman is married to a guy who sort of also a fighter, sort of done more things than fighting. And if I'm not mistaken, he was definitely a white supremacist when he was locked up. Yeah, or is the, uh, still currently. Uh, but that's the thing I'm confused by. I'm not sure if they said for sure he's still locked up or he's recently gotten out. But seems you'd start putting some more money on uh, KGB Lee. Just simply, <laughs> she's got to win to get away from that. But also imagine like how she got beat up by this dude all those times. It's like you got to be a little bit scared of her now. When the information comes out, just like that Pashera chick who like got stabbed by seven of her friends or whatever the fuck, like these the girl uh, who's the other girl who almost uh, she, she beat up a mugger. Oh, gosh. Brazilian chick. I can't yeah, m- remember her name. Probably never yeah, gonna he, come maybe. to me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But th- I know this shit is about. legit, dude. The, these women are tough as nails, and I get that. But when you see. When you hear the story, there's there's some evidence to it, and I I thought I was blown away by the fact that her her man is currently a fucking prisoner or fucking whatever. It's very bizarre, but yeah, uh, yeah I I'm, I think I might I might go for her the next time I see her fight. <laughs> and then I also have some information about some commentators. Okay, well I was I was gonna say something real quick. Yeah, he uh, apparently uh, was choking her, and then put his cigarette out on her while he was fucking choking her. And then when he got locked up and was in prison, uh, everyone noticed the, all his Nazi tattoos and shit. But anyway, go ahead. That probably didn't work out well for him. Uh, so, you know who Andre Yule is? Oh. We've seen him fight a lot. I think he's a 35er, maybe maybe 45er. Long limbs. He's a black guy. He usually has some sort of braids, maybe some color in the braids. He's decent. He's a, he's a fighter that we like to watch fight, right? He's not one of those guys that goes in there and fucking gets... He quits, okay? I only bring him up because at one point during a commentation of this dude, of Andre Yule fighting somebody else, I don't remember who the other fighter was, John Anik proceeds to bring up Andre Yule not being able to see his children, and he's in the middle of a custody battle. Not just Andre Yule, but the guy he was fucking fighting... Also, something similar was happening. And John Anik thought, by God, that's information we got to get out there to the UFC fans. What the fuck? That's and nuts. I give that man a lot of credit. I like the guy. I like John Anik. Out of all of them that are actually there that do the color shit, he's, he's, he's fine. He does the commercials well. He's, he's quick. He gets to the point. Brendan Fitzgerald is the same way. But what the fuck are you talking about? Because he did the same thing about d- a divorce or some shit. And he was talking about his wife and just, what, what are you, where are you? Where do you think you are? You know what I mean? In that moment, you're like, this isn't your house. You're not just talking to your friends. This is going out nationally, internationally, dude. And you're like, Andre Yule didn't get to see his son. It was just Father's Day. Crazy, right? <laughs> Rogan, anything? No? Is Whoops. He, is he the same guy that uh, was talking about um, Misha Tate breastfeeding 
And yes. he like went on a big monologue about her breastfeeding. Ah, <laughs> uh, she looks awfully heavy today, Joe. What do you think about those bags? Uh, like, what do you? Where do you think you are? I can't imagine how he commentates the fights when he's in his living room. That's insane. Probably asshole naked. You know what I mean? Just swinging kettlebells. Hey, Kevin Holland saved saved a guy from a robbery. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, very weird to me. I, I was very surprised by this, but kind of not, because that's not a slip up. The information's <laughs> written in front of you. Too many details. Uh, his wife Sharon, like fucking this, God, the kids, hey, uh, Cody and uh, Brian, like do it. Yeah, Don't that's do fucked that. up, man. What's that? Who's? How's that gonna help? You're like he's going through a custody battle. Didn't get to see his kid this weekend, so uh, hopefully. He uh, that inspires him to win this fight. Like, what the fuck? What are we doing? Oh, we have, man, that's crazy. Those are only two things I have written down, but I will tell you to check out this documentary. It's two and a half hours. It's an iceberg, an MMA iceberg. It goes through all the different shit. They talk about possibly the uh, the thing where Connor throws the thing through the thing. Oh, oh. Uh, being set up because obviously the cameras were there. It was very WWE like, but I don't think they expected him to throw the dolly. That was the change where Connor flipped the script. Uh, they also talk about Connor possibly being uh, working for some sort of crime family now. Uh, there's there's been an attempt on his life at a stadium where they were performing, uh, you know, UFC. Somebody came in with a gun. They stopped him. Uh, yeah. So who knows what this dude? The suits, Sam. The fucking suits. You're telling me Connor's not up to something, dude? Wearing a three piece always. That's part of the fucking mafia, dude. I don't know. Accused again of rape, but then they got a video. Um... The lady said that the security separated her from her friend and then took her to the bathroom. Then he came and popped out of the stall. But they got a video of him holding her hand and walking into the bathroom with her and her friend. Right. And then uh, 30 minutes later, after they're out of the bathroom, she's sitting at the table with them. She's like straddling the table. I mean, you know. I, I also heard she wasn't a good looking girl. That's what. Was... Well, I haven't seen her face. They bleep, you know. Bleep out her face or whatever. Um, she but small. she's she's got some meat on her on the bones. And also, Connor's married. Yeah. So if this really happened, wouldn't there be some like talk about cheating on his wife? Yeah. Very... Well, I mean, you know, the guy. Sam, who's to say he doesn't get, get a BJ just... on the side or whatever? But he doesn't need to do it in front of a crowded arena. Absolutely. <laughs> got to remember who you are, and that goes back to the thing that I said when we started this fucking show. These dudes are not professional athletes the same way you know a guy like zion williamson is right because he's going through shit too right <laughs> okay, but let me explain yeah. let me explain zion williamson was an athlete from the moment that they knew that he was fucking too big in sixth grade right when they knew that he was fucking six one when he was in sixth grade jumping over the fucking you know whatever it could be you know the monkey bars it's an odd whoops but Zion Williamson is now in trouble because he was in, in a position of being such a young man with this high level of testosterone, high level of fame, an incredible <laughs> amount of money. It's not the same for a guy who was in poverty, like Connor, and doing a sport that is so you could just pick it up, dude. Hmm. You're not you don't have to do your whole I, I prefer if they do. Be trained your entire fucking life for this shit, like Khabib, like Islam, like Charles Oliveira. There are guys like that that exist, but listen to Connor's story. Hey, man, life sucked. There's a gym. I decided to start doing that. Got good. Said I was going to take over the world. Did that, right? So again, just a guy. Just a guy. Not a professional athlete in the terms that we are so used to. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just like I'll take time during this press conference to – you know what I'm saying? That's the athletes who are like fucking pre-written shit. Like this guy went to college. 
right? Most oh, athletes do that, yeah. and you could tell by the simple but the way the free that they ride speak. to college. I'm sure Duke fact, paid his mom a lot of money, but right. But you still got to get through it. Mm-hmm. You still got to get your fucking degree, oh, not shit. to play the sport per se, but to at least fucking have something to lean on afterwards. Mm-hmm. Why do you think so many of it's so much easier to see a commentator who used to be a basketball player start commentating? Oh, he's got a fucking bachelor's degree in communication <laughs> yeah, yeah. over here and also knows everything about the sport. <laughs> but I'm not saying that either one of these guys are right or wrong. It's a fucked up situation on both ends. What I'm saying is it's a different type of person who was 20, 22 when he decided, I'm going to be an athlete. Whereas a guy who was in sixth grade dunking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he just gets million. What is he, 22 now? Super fucking young dude worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It's going to get to your head, dude. You're going to look at Magic Johnson. Okay? Sure. He didn't get wrapped up in any kind of Me Too thing, but he's hurting. Right, the that rest of his life for like forty years now or something. That's what I, mean. I was just talking like, about that the other day. God fucked him up, right? Oh, shit, God shit. fucked him up. It wasn't the government. It wasn't some sneaky link in a fucking bathroom. You know what I mean? Well, I guess it could have been. <laughs> could have been. Yeah. Well, you know these guys. They, all right, there was a wrestler in WWE. Uh, the fuck this guy's name. But um, anyway, he goes by real one now. And he was in WWE. He's damn good on the microphone. That's how he came to my attention. Really good on the microphone. Can talk with anyone. He was like their version of MJF before there was MJF. The guy can just go on a fucking rant. And uh, he, you know, he put himself in a position where a lady said that he sexually assaulted her. Well, they fired her. Oh, they fired him. I'm sorry. Well, after they fired him. They realized the, the lady had texted her friend was like, oh, I can't, you can't believe I slept with this WWE star, blah, blah, blah. She's bragging about sleeping with him. And right. no charges right. were ever filed or whatever. But, you know, the way I understood it is the WWE had already talked to this guy and said, you need to stop putting yourself in a situation where you can be accused of doing something, even though you're not doing it. You know, it might be consensual, but you're putting yourself in a bad, a bad spot. That, that wasn't the first time. Well, you know what? And that, that kind of brings up the whole point of Connor's situation. It's like maybe he Enzo. thought if this was a girl that was just okay, she would be flattered by the fact that I'd even be willing to speak to her. So I can take advantage of her and she ain't going to say shit. I don't know. All I yeah. know is he definitely fought that mascot, which is insane. It's like, Connor, <laughs> stay inside. Yeah. Go home. Uh, breaking news on over here on my front. Very depressing news. Bigfoot Silva... Decided to come back seven days after he retired uh, from his third uh, loss in a row. So the man is back. <laughs> where? I don't, I don't know where he's going to be, but I'm sure he'll find somewhere to go. I just. Unretired. Need, I mean, that's horrifying. <laughs> but of course, he's not relevant enough for Joe Rogan to be like, that guy should stop. No. He's not going to be well in the end. Oh, but. Man. So, man, let's talk about this ultimate fighter that, that went That's down. That's right. I brought up the three-piece suits. You know, I had to bring those up. Very interesting. Uh, this episode featured the fight that was supposed to be last week between Jeremiah Wells, right? Jeremiah? Yes. Uh, Trevor Wells. Okay. Jeremiah sounds cooler. Uh, Trevor Wells. <laughs> Trevor. We had a kid that lived in our neighborhood who fixed lawnmowers named Trevor. He didn't wasn't a friend, but you could get your lawnmower fixed. Or give him junk. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's why. I, that's Everybody how, needs one of those. 
Yeah, for sure, dude. When he's like 12, fixing lawnmowers already, you're like, fucking guy's got a hobby. I get it. <laughs> Not a bike. Lawnmowers, dude. <laughs> uh, I think he's rich now. It doesn't matter. Um, he's fighting Tamir uh, Valiev, right? Yeah. Uh, this guy, which is which to me, I feel like was sort of one of the few guys that they shouldn't have let go. Two one and one in the UFC. I'm not mad at that. That sounds like something that, I mean, he's in a tough weight class, dude. And I think his biggest issue when you watch the highlights, when you see him fight, when you watch this fight, the one thing Tamara needs to do is he got he's got to stop relying completely on the wrestling. Let those hands go. Mm-hmm. Turn the speed up a little bit. Take him more of a risk. He got smashed. He got hit hard, but he also connected so many clean shots on this uh, this Wells fella mm-hmm. that, if he, that if he had put something on it, if he had had his feet planted, it would have been a different outcome. You know, he would have put him to sleep. It wouldn't have been no stupid decision. But uh, I think he is. He's he's definitely a threat. He's definitely. I think this is the one uh, one of the few times that the Ultimate Fighter doesn't bring any new prospects, dude. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why we watch this. Yeah. We want to see the new guys, and I just think yeah. the, they're relying heavily on the contender series these they, days. They are. You know, if someone, one of the prospects was to break out all of a sudden, you know, that would be that would kind of stand out with all these. He would have guys to be the only there. one. Yeah, but he's the. <laughs> the um, I will say, you know, the the Tamir his only loss in the UFC was against Jack Shore. I mean, right. That's right. That's no shame in that. Yes, <laughs> he was undefeated at the time. Yeah. Okay. The thing, the problem with the, the Dagestani guys, they're very well rounded, but they're slow starters. Fucking turn it on, dude. Because there's, I have, do they get tired? You know what I mean? That's the thing we've talked about. We've never seen a cardio yeah. dump from any of these guys. They go five rounds, no problem. So to go in there for 15 minutes, not even that, 10 minutes, and not just obliterate this guy, when, when, when essentially your lifestyle is on the line. You need this money for your family, for your kids, all that shit. Like, fucking, they kicked you out, dude. You can't, I mean, the other guys have been absolutely dominated. And then you kind of have this, where it's like, the guy was right there with you the whole time. Yeah. Wells was there with him the whole time. He ate the shots. He never seemed like he got rocked. He never seemed in a very compromising position. If he was, he eventually found his way out of it. So Timur has to go in there with the concept of finish on, on his mind, out of the gate. This playing around bullshit is only is only going to make him less interesting for anybody who's going to watch him in the UFC. Finish a guy. Get one knockout and then go in there and take it easy your next fight. Submit a guy. Wrestle the guy to death, you know? But you have to get finishes for you to be relevant. That's that's just what it is these days. I'm sorry. That's true. I'm not I'm not even one of those guys that's like, yeah, dude, fucking knockouts, submissions. No, I, you have to do it to keep your job. That That's now, true. And, yeah. you know, this guy, it was basically like he was never let go. I mean, he was let go from the UFC, but he just fought it last year against Jack Shore. He hasn't been anywhere since. So, I mean, imagine if they... I um, think they're desperate to get him back. Yeah, they call me, for, my job uh, tells me I'm fired, and then they call me <laughs> a little bit later and was like, hey, man, you got we'll bring you back, but you got to have a tryout. Yeah, it's <laughs> a different job. More of, there's a long, longer interview process. We'll get to know you personally, and maybe that's what it is. They want that, uh, that, that fan base that they've accumulated to be more of a fan of the Dagestani guys. That's not just Khabib by hearing this man speak. And he seems like a cool dude. He seems legit. He seems like he's there for the right reasons, man. And I think uh, outside of him not getting a finish, he's dangerous as shit. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think there's a prospect that's going to turn this around. That's I mean, the whole Trevor problem. Wells at eight and two. I mean, the guy hung in there best he could. Absolutely. He didn't do bad at all. No shame in that guy. He, um, 
Hey, you know, I think he might have even had more cardio. He looked like he yeah. was. Well, I th- he was more willing to risk getting tired. Did you hear me? What's that? I think Wells was more willing to risk getting tired. Oh, okay, yeah. But I mean, like, whereas it always feels like the Dagestani guys, whether or not they're moving a lot, there's a lot of action. There is still this, I'm going to breathe process. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to slow down, get it back under my pace. And that's how they can get beat. But they, that's how they can win, too. Turn it up for the first 90 seconds, dude. Go, he- go heavy. Put this dude in a compromising position. Make him afraid. Instead, they just take their time. Whereas you see Roosevelt Roberts put dude to sleep. Cody Gibson put dude to sleep. Uh... Austin Hubbard, fucking, what was that? Uh, nasty, nasty elbows. And then you got these guys where it's like, I mean, I get it. Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Fine. But you want your job back? Do you, I, like, it's fine. Oh, cool. You're a nice guy. That doesn't mean we're going to like you as a fighter. You know what I mean? Oh, cool. He's, he's fighting for his family. But also, you got to finish and, and prove yourself. This is a prospect. Yeah. You're fighting a prospect to essentially take your position. Yep. Next week, they're showing uh, the controversy of Brad Katana. Before I before I talk about I want to get into that but I wanted to bring up McGregor real quick because there was a point during the training uh, where you know he's doing this shit. Stephen Thompson comes in, which yeah. I love. That that fighting style, that karate, that double that double jump shit that he was teaching him, you know, that pop I don't even know what you call it, but that slide step that he does in the karate stance, such it's beautiful. That's poetry, dude. That's fucking video game shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was fun to and it and it was he was very good on the mic. Mm-hmm. Like Stephen comes across as somebody very knowledgeable. And and you can respect him. Every fight that that dude has been in, he's been electric. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it seemed like the perfect person to bring in. I had wrote uh, Wonder Boy to the rescue. Oh, yeah. uh, because um, what what he was saying that uh, when he started karate at such a young age, he had to fight with these guys that had all this experience. So I thought that related really well to to these guys, uh, these prospects fighting the veterans. That Yeah, and I mean, how many, times has, from that. how many times has Stephen Thompson even been the favorite? <laughs> it's so it's got to be rare because yeah. he's always fighting just the the craziest dudes mm. um another thing that came up on that mi- mixed martial academics was leg breaks and this asshole fucked up and he said the first leg break was anderson silva versus chris weidman and i was like wrong it was Corey hill when Corey hill first fought after the ultimate fighter it was like an early stoppage that motherfucker's leg wrapped around the other dude's leg oh, when it yeah. So fucking good because he was 6'4, 145, just frail thin. That's a long time ago, but I just wanted to make sure I put that in his comments so he was aware <laughs> you missed one. Because I was like, well, I mean, what is he going to comment back? That didn't happen in the UFC? No, that's true. It did. I guarantee it. Joe Rogan was there for it. Um, You're like, what are yeah. you talking about? You didn't even think Brendan Schaub was a top five heavyweight, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, McGregor does mention at some point during the training, though, Eddie Bravo. Oh, yeah. Which I found pretty interesting. I was like, I, that made me give Eddie Bravo a lot more credit than I ever did before. Like, even McGregor's like, Eddie Bravo's the fucking guy. He's the jujitsu guy, which I love. That was fun. Uh, but let's talk about this card, dude. Oh, no, let's talk about Katona. The drama there, because Katona's drama, Brad Katona, I like him. I've liked him since the first time he was on The Ultimate Fighter. I like him, too. He's, a, he's, he's very compact. He's uh, nerdy as shit. He's one of those guys that jumps off the computer and fucking does push-ups. You know what I'm saying? Jumps back on the computer, puts his headset on and plays with his friends. But when he's in the cage, he even looks like a different guy. You know, like he would remember when he would fi- he would like fix his hair. He would push no, his hair back. Oh, buddy. And then he's got this attitude now because 
he trains with Connor's guys. Yeah, he trains. Uh, he's like Ireland. on their team. <laughs> he's on their team, dude. And now, dude, I think he's gonna crush whoever he's fighting. I don't even know who he's fighting, but I think Katona crushes him. I don't. I want to see this drama play out though, because there is a constant scene where McGregor pushes Chandler. I'd like to see that. He's fighting a guy named Carlos Vieira. So, uh, let's let's go take a look at Carlos's Vieira. Uh, Eleven and three. Oh, the jiu-jitsu guy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, five submission wins. He's been submitted twice himself. Yeah, he, he doesn't come off very threatening. Yeah, he's won four. It's another Ryan Hall's situation. I'm just gonna keep rolling for a knee bar. I'm gonna click on the first guy he lost to. Let's see the record. Dude, Katona's got hands. Where's this guy? Bring this guy in. The sixth guy, goddamn. <laughs> you know, Katona is he to me. He's very similar to Frankie Edgar, in the way that he strikes. He's got great head movement. He keeps his shoulders high. He pops his jab. His hooks are clean and crisp and technical. Nice footwork. Always there. He's never tired. He's good to wrestle too. So what the fuck is Jujitsu guy gonna bring to the game? Yeah, I think he's gonna get cracked. Goddamn UFC! If you listen to this, bring in this guy Levi. Uh, Molus. I, I just clicked on. I just, I just wanted to see uh, the first opponent that Carlos Vieira, the last one he lost to, and it's this yeah. Levi dude. And this guy, he's uh, sixteen and four. Uh, all his losses were decisions, and he's never been in UFC. He's fought LFA Fury. Uh, here's his losses: Tony Kelly, Damon Jackson, Miles Johns. I mean, it's <laughs> damn. So anyway, he's won well, six in a row. Like I said, I think this is going to go down pretty simply. Well, And I will say before we get started on this card, I didn't see the first two, but I guess I'm good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this uh, Brad Katana has never been finished. so I don't... But he's also got to get finishes. So if he goes in there and goes fucking two rounds, three rounds with this dude, good luck. Yeah, the uh, you know, the last guy he lost to in the year was this Hunter... Azure, I'm saying right. Anyway, he's on this fucking show. So. Wild. All right, so uh, let's get on with it. All right, this Zach Pegua guy. I, what do you do with this guy now? The guy looked good on the Ultimate Fighter until he fought uh, Usman. Then he lost. Then he fought, fights the Beverly Hills Ninja. Then he comes in this this fight. All right, against uh, Modestus uh, Bukaskis. Uh, he looked good at the start. Some nice punches. A takedown. Uh, he looked great for four minutes of that round. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, if this Bukaskas was saving his energy or what, but it's like he woke up with one minute and a, the round to go. He woke up, he got up, and he just fucking just started banging on uh, on Zach. Just, I mean, fucking just lighting him up. Of course, the round ends. Uh, round two is more back and forth. Uh, uh, Bukaskas did get dropped one time. Uh, in round in that round, so I I was like shit, man. He probably did lose that round. It was kind of back and forth. I'm sure he lost that round, but then uh, Bukaskis, uh, round three, he was getting punched, and he was just kind of looking for for counters. But the decision, you know, one judge had it 30-27, uh, for Modestus, and I don't know how you do that when he got dropped in round two, and you know he was being ridden on most of round one. He did come alive with one minute to go. I don't know, man. It, it, it. I thought it probably should have been a split decision, but you know, you don't leave it to the judges. That's the whole name of the game, name of Absolutely. our show. Absolutely, merch coming soon. Somebody please do that because I won't. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. Is this a tougher opponent for Zach? I mean, I, it's hard to say because he's lost two in a row. You know what I mean? Essentially, right? Who's the second guy he fought that you said Jason Knight? Yeah, he lost that fight uh, as well, didn't he? Oh, that was um, uh, he beat the Beverly Hills Ninja. I Jason remember. Knight. Um, that's his name. His name's not the Beverly Hills Ninja, Sam. That's not no, his no, no, man. But ain't it like Jason Jordan Wright? Jordan Wright. Dude, we are so Jordan. close. Jason Knight's <laughs> the guy on the Ultimate Fighter. Shout out to him. Fuck. You were like Jason all... Knight, and I was like. Jason it was a Wright. guy. At least it was a guy. Jordan. Yeah, it was a guy. <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja. He's just stuck on that. Ah. Uh, <laughs> he might anyway. he might have just lost to Jason Knight in real time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I it, I admit I didn't see the fight. I, I believe everything you're saying, but I also have seen this guy not do well too many times against guys that are sort of better than Modestus or Bukaskis, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? So what do you do with Zach from here? How how desperate is the light heavyweight division? All right, so now this fight, this next, uh, no big deal, you missed this. All right, this was Keith Peterson was refereeing at Dan Arigata versus Ronnie Lawrence. All right, so uh, Arigata, he pulls guard on Ronnie Lawrence with the guillotine. Dude, he has the guillotine, and he keeps it on. They, they start rolling around on the fucking ground, and he still got this guillotine on. All right, so Ronnie sticks his hand up like he's about to tap. But he didn't tap. Keith Peterson comes and grabs his hand. He pulls his hand away from Keith Peterson. As soon as he pulls his hand away from Keith Peterson, you know, of course, when he pulled his hand away, he hit, hit the dude's leg. Keith Peterson's like, oh, stopping the fight. Dudes are sitting there like, why are you stopping the fight? So they went and looked at the replay. Uh, dude didn't look like he was in much discomfort from the choke. It didn't look all that tight. And uh, they just ruled that a no contest. Keith Peterson fucked up, which really doesn't happen that often. Uh, oh. You're right, but it does give an opportunity for Herb Dean to make a YouTube video. <laughs> okay, so this is a you know what I mean, like that corny shit of or oh, Big John McCarthy. Yeah. Let's get him on the Rogan podcast so we can mention Keith Peterson fucking up. What was it? What's the name? No nonsense, Keith Peterson yeah, or no some nonsense. shit. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of the few like Rosenthal, not Rosenthal. Uh, Rose, who's the other guy? He does a lot of the smaller fights. Like smaller weight classes, Josh something. There's a uh, Dan Mergliata, Josh Rosenthal is a pretty. Is a, who, who's the bald guy then with the tattoos that got, doesn't work there anymore? That's Rosenthal, I oh. thought. Is it Rosenberg? Maybe. <laughs> I don't it know. I it was Rosenthal. He's one of my favorites though. He's a super active and always what relatively accurate. I haven't seen him fuck up yet, but time will tell. Uh, women's flyweight division. Uh, this is where I started. This is yeah. where I came in. Sad state of affairs. Uh, yeah, long fight. Blada would just uh, takedowns, uh, no boxing skills whatsoever, but Fernandez couldn't stop the takedowns and was just content on just laying on her back. Uh, I mean, she was just flat out just laying there, not even trying to get up. But, you know, it wasn't like Blada was beating her up or anything. It wasn't much happening at all, but, man, you got to get the fuck up. All right. Yeah, yeah there's got to be something done. Certainly, at least in the concept of action, you know, make me believe that you want to be here, now, that you want to be a fighter. How about Jason Herzog? Does that sound right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jason Herzog. Is that the guy? Because he's sort of handsome. He's one of the few that doesn't have like <laughs> tattoos. Rosenthal might have been the one that went to went to jail for a while. For a That's what I thought. Having a weed warehouse or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Herzog. Sam, 
Okay. You know who I'm talking about. He does a lot of shit all over the place. This is one of the few referees that I really enjoy. When he's every time he's in there, I'm like, all right, because he's fucking on him, dude. He's, on the he's out of the way. You barely even notice he's in the fucking octagon. Yeah. Which and then there's some of these guys that can't get out of the way in time. Like, bitch, fucking move, Mark Smith. You fucking bald yeah, ass head. Get out know, of the way, Mark dummy. Smith. He seems like he does a good job most of the time, but then there's every once in a while he'll let something go on for a while, or the opposite. He'll end something way too quick, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah. this next fight, Carlos Hernandez, uh, Denny's Bonder. This was bullshit, in my opinion, man. Uh, Hernandez, uh, in control, takes Bonder down, and apparently his head, which the clash of heads, uh, they went to the, the fucking replay. They determined it was a clash of heads. They're going scorecards. Uh, Hernandez wins. But that wasn't much of a clash of heads to me. That was... He's taking them down. Their heads hit, but man, it was not. I didn't. I, to me, it didn't look like it's that much pressure applied from the dude's head to the other guy's head. I, I I mentioned it in the last episode we did that I don't give a fuck about that anymore. That's part of the job. I'm sorry. This banging head shit and giving taking points away and stopping fights and shit. It's a waste of time because you're gonna kick them, punch them, elbow them in the fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> What is the difference between the bone in the elbow and your fucking skull banging together, right? It's just so stupid. It'd be one thing, Sam, if they were doing it on purpose. It'd be another yeah. thing if they were headbutting you in the back of your fucking head, if they're banging the back of their head. But how come you could also pick somebody up like this and slam them on the fucking back of their head and all of a sudden that's fine? But yeah, clashing that's heads, oh, we're going to take a point away. Now we're upset. I don't, it's fucking, I don't know. This is going to start, they're going to start, it's going to be boxing in no time. They're all going to be wearing fucking pads. God, I hope not. Helmets, shin guards, fucking shoes. No one's going to watch. No, it's like fucking watching, you know, uh, X Games doing backflips in the fucking styrofoam pits. Stop being pussies. Fucking smash your heads together every once in a while. That's part of the goddamn job, dude. It's like being a cop that doesn't fire his weapon. Part of the job, Jack. It's going to have to happen. Don't be afraid of your fucking second dick. Uh, the next fight, uh, Kong, uh, Kong Ho, Christian Kinyanaga. You don't even have to say it. doesn't matter. You got put to sleep anyway, uh, that guy came in hot, come in charging, yeah. but then he just gets caught with the shot and dropped. And uh, Kong grabs the neck, bam, over with. That was very quick. Two minutes. That's what he does. That's what seconds. he does. Easy, easy. I, 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 I told you that I thought this guy was some sort of an action star, wherever he's from. Might have been a movie star. Uh, certainly a submission artist. So... Didn't I, I forgot about that? You don't see this guy fight as often as you think. All right, the next maybe. Uh, Alexander Costa, Jimmy Flick. Man, it's time to cut Jimmy Flick loose, dude. The last <laughs> couple of fights, he's looked terrible. Yep. Uh, he got beat up in the first round, punches, leg kicks, just beat up all over. Uh, then he gets Costa to the ground. Costa rains down elbows. Boom, that's it. Uh, Jimmy Flick's just in there for the paycheck. Crushed him, bro. Fucking crushed him. Made him look like he's brand new. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's going to be a shame because he's going to be working at a Best Buy soon wearing a name tag that just says Flick on it. Yeah. Hey, how can I help you with these straight bangs in 2023? I still cut my own hair. Haven't figured out how to cut hair. <laughs> what are you, Amish? All right, uh, Nicholas Dolby. I have so many jokes today, I guess. Uh, versus Muslim Saka, uh, Salikov. I don't know. This This is another long one. Another long, strenuous... I told you this is what was going to happen, Sam. I told you that Dolby was going to fucking be hard to hit. He's going to be bouncing around too much. He's not going to be... There's not going to be enough action. And Muslim's not going to be able to really get off. 
And here we are. Fucking decision. Long fight. Dolby running around, keeping his back to the cage. Oh, we're going to grapple for three seconds, punch you twice, back off, throw some more punches. It was a girl fight. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not even going to add any more than that. That was perfect. Uh, Manuel Torres, Nicholas Mata. Uh, yeah, dude, that didn't last long. Uh, night, night. Torres with the elbow. Uh, Tomata's face knocked him straight out. I mean, okay, he was so done. Does this, does this, <laughs> is this better for Jim Miller or worse? Right? Because it's like, oh, Jim crushed this guy. Was he the next big thing? Then he gets crushed by this guy. Okay, he wasn't shit. <laughs> yeah. So Jim just crushed a guy who wasn't nobody. <laughs> you know, because we kind of hyped that up. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll fight Jim Miller because I'm the next big thing. Or Jim Miller sounds like just a regular guy. Get crushed. Oh, how about Manuel Torres? You know, because like Nicholas Mata, Manuel Torres, you know, we're both of Latino descent of some kind, maybe Brazilian. Doesn't matter. Torres, certainly not, but Mata, possibly. Who cares? We're diving too deep. That one was just for Sam's brother. Um, <laughs> then he comes in and gets crushed, dude. I think it's, I think it's rap. Because I swear to God, Nicholas Mata had some sort of coach or somebody in the commentary thing that was like, this is the fucking guy. Somebody got in his head. And it's not it's just not working for him. That's yeah. two and oh and oh and two in the UFC. Who do you think picked him? Chael Sonnen? Kenny <laughs> Brendan Schaub? Brendan Schaub. The top ten, lightweight. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Pat Sabatini, uh Lucas Almeida. Dude, Pat's Pat Sabatini owned that guy. Round one was all Pat Sabatini. Uh got takedown, smothered. Okay. Like, round and pound, round two, quick takedown, arm triangle. This is fun for me. You know, shout out to the other patties in the world. Uh, this was fun for me, Sam, because I think I was streaming when I was watching in the background. Okay. okay. And I might have, I don't know what I did. I walked away. I went to the bathroom. Something happened. But all I know is when I came back, Sabatini was getting his hand raised and I didn't even see the finish. <laughs> so I, I just kind of go to the stream. I'm like, sort of what we predicted on the show. Kind of felt like it happened that way, <laughs> you know? All right, go ahead. All right, this next fight, uh, Armand Petrosian, Christian Leroy Duncan. So, dude, Petrosian did a great job of getting out of the way, encountering Duncan, everything he had. He moved out of the way, countered. Uh, Duncan has got this this fucking style where he's uh, unorthodox. He's spinning like crazy and shit, spinning kicks. Here's the thing, though. It's no surprise to anyone because that's all he fucking does. You got to mix it up, dude. You can't just go in spinning non-fucking-stop. No, you look like an idiot too. I, you know, I kind of like the guy's kind of lanky. He's got the uh, kind of got the MVP type style to him. But man, you you, you got to mix it up. You can't just have every fucking thing be a spin. Yeah, because eventually it's gonna get timed by the right person. Like I don't know the champion or anyone in the top five. And like this shit only works when you're fucking. You know, you started you started UFC in the UFC in 2013. You know, when Uriah Hall was at the top of his game. People weren't expecting the spins. Now you, you look crazy. Like, even that spinning fist that happened in the Ultimate Fighter between uh, Tumir and that, you know, Wells fella, it was so fast, but also very inaccurate. Just throws it for nothing. But what I want to know here is this CLR guy, CLD guy, is Armin Petrosian that good? It was a five-round fight. Was there not enough significant strikes? Did he not connect enough? Is Christian, is he able to use that? spinning shit defensively because Petrosian is kind of up there. Yeah. It's, I think Petrosian just away. really did his homework on this guy. I, I'm curious. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I might have to rewatch this matchup. 
But I will say there's a lot of guys on this card that just have cool ass names. You know, that should be bigger fighters. You know, Muslim Sokolov, Manuel Torres, Sabatini, that's pretty good. Armin Petrosian, that sounds like a a fucking vodka. Yeah, you want some Armin Petrosian? Absolutely, give me two of those. Armin X, Sarukian. Yeah, absolutely, Sarukian, bro. Give me a fucking break. You're like, is he Japanese, dude? Is he Japanese? Nah. Nah, dude. He looks like he could possibly SoundCloud rap. And he, he dominated looks, his fight. He's for my country. Uh, uh, he's for my country. Listen, you fool. Like, that's how they rap. I have no idea. I'm so sorry. Love you guys. It's I love. I make fun because I love. All right. Yeah, Sarukian is one of my favorites. Uh, I think he is a problem in the division. 155-er. You know, this is a division that isn't wide open. But he has a lot of people that could change our minds about him. And I'll tell you, his takedown skill... Anytime that Silva ever hit him, bam, just straight take him straight the fuck down. Uh, enough of that. There's, going to the ground. There's no stop either. I feel like there's no, he's not weak in any position. And I feel like up, uh, you put him against the top five. Who do we got? We got your McGregor's. You got your Dustin Poirier's. You got your Gaethje's, Charles Oliveira's, right? Michael Chandler. What do we see Armin doing there? That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's fucking, that's shark infested waters, man. Yeah, yeah. Because what I the one thing that I need to see more of is come quicker with the with the knockout. The, I mean, I get it. We're, we're seeing a lot more of him being able to see where where he can survive. We can see the defense. We can see different offensive looks for him, right? Yeah. But when you got a guy like Justin Gaethje or Michael Chandler or Conor McGregor or Charles Oliveira who are looking for the finish, the first sixty seconds, you ha- you have to be ready for that. It's it's not it's not going to be easy. This this Joakim Silva is no one. There's not anybody that I could see in the top ten that wouldn't crush this fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. But Sarukian's being fed. You know, he's being fed guys that he can just put away. I want to see what happens next. Let's yeah, get a Tony Ferguson stopped. return. He, he's ranked also, eight now. Eight. Have you heard anything about this fucking Ferguson? Th- I don't know where he's at right now. I don't know what the situation is, but there was a lot of stuff that was just not good. Who's that? Tony Ferguson. Oh, losing, bro. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've really looked into it. Like smashed his mirrors at his house and shit because he said that there was cameras. Oh, shit. No, I did not hear that. Yeah, he I took off from him wrecking his car and shit. Yeah, he jumped out of the car, ran into the woods because huh. he said that they were being followed. It's just the weirdest. I don't know. I mean, this man's taking so much punishment in his life, you know. Fucking only t- a matter of time for one of these guys does a, a Chris Benoit. I don't like to see it result in, the, in the whole family disengaging from him, though. How's that going to help? You want me to put him through a divorce now? Take yeah, his kids I mean, and shit? Like, I get, it's for the safety. I understand that. That but knockout he took like, against Michael Chandler, I mean, that had to fuck you up. Bro, My God. All of it. The way he trained, even. You know what I mean? Just that he's a bizarre fella. Always kind of has been. But they said it was, she said that his wife was basically like, since the ultimate fighter. He's been kind of fucking just out of his mind. Uh, but let's go to this main event right. again. Hey, Sam predicted it fully predicted it. As I was watching it, I was like, now this fight's going exactly how I said. Vittori's going to be a punching bag. And that's what happened. Look yep. at the end of the fight. It, it he, that's ridiculous. all he did. This is all he does. <clears throat> so again, neither one of you getting a chance at the belt. That's all I'll say. Like I said from fucking last week. I'll reiterate today, neither one of you will get a chance at the title. You will be skipped by somebody in sixth place, in seventh, in eighth. 
because you're doing nothing to give us a reason to buy that fucking pay-per-view, doggy. That's true. No one's spending $80 on that bullshit. Marvin Vittori, Izzy Adesanya, Marvin Vittori, Alex Vajera, Jared Cannonier, Alex Vajera, Jared Cannonier. Nobody gives a fuck about that matchup. No. It's a wrap for both of you. Drop All I can say is what I could see, the benefit for Marvin Vittori in this fight that I saw was his dumbass needs to drop down to 170 because he's he's kind of small, but he's fast as shit in this weight class, and he takes punishment like no other. If a 185-er can't put you away, dog, go to 170 where you can put the other dude away. Yeah, this guy, you know, seven losses are all decisions. It's insane. It's never been finished. And, and dude, they're all the same. Every single one of those times that it's happened, the fighters went the same. Yeah. He has He's basically dominating. He's keeping them from doing what they want to do. He's putting punches in, but he's eating so much at the same time that it looks bad on his part. I'm going to tell you how bad this this card was. The UFC gave that fight of the night, that fight. <laughs> I mean, the damage on Vittori was in, incredible. But it, well, there, was, it, there was no flashes of like greatness you know, from either one of these guys. These guys are top 15 guys, you know, 12, 13, not top three, four, five at all. Because what oh. you want to see is, hey, the man, who the fuck is going to fight the best guy? So let's come up to this upcoming card. Ah, oh, man, you know, I, I fucking dogging it out. I got the damn shingles. Told you all about that. Dude, I tried what uh, Conor McGregor said. I tried to go in, pull the fucking shingles out of me, and just take them out. Like Conor McGregor said on Ultimate Fighter a couple weeks ago, but didn't fucking work, dude. I do feel a lot better, though. <laughs> he's mystic. He's mystic, man, but I just don't think it's like... I don't think he's being serious. <laughs> I like shit I'm excited. Like that. This, this, uh, let's open this up, though. We got a few minutes here before we got to restart the stupid stream, so let's burn through the first couple. Uh, yeah. For some reason, Zalgus Zalmogulov's still here. We'll talk about oh that in a God. second, but... All right. Yeah, my I got um I printed this shit out and like all the fights have fucking changed order and everything. So, but uh, but I'm ready kind of for it. I know the the Wikipedia page is all fucked up, but that's I go by Sure Dog anyway, which uh right right on fucking point. Yeah. So, so what do we got? Cody Brundage? Yes, sir. Cedricas Dumas. All right. So, let's get it on with this guy. Uh so this was supposed to be a different fight, of course. Uh the Drukas guy was supposed to fight Penhelio Serrano. All right, so anyway, this Drukas. All right, this is the guy that was on Ultimate Fighter. I mean, not the Ultimate, I'm sorry. The Contender Series. And he looked fucking phenomenal in the Contender Series. He's talking about Dumas here. And he looked great. He's the one who apparently was in the car that got shot up or whatever. In DC, I remember at this time, I was remember uh, DC, I don't know if you don't, remember this, DC wait. didn't like the guy. Don't ass, don't assume that he was shot at just because of how he looks. Yeah. It actually happened. <laughs> yeah, but DC didn't like the guy, and I and I come on and I was like, "Damn, dude, what the fuck is DC's problem? DC's like a, a Uncle that's, Tom. Hey, He's been the guy. DC's afraid of an actual real black guy. DC wears the <laughs> suit, hangs out with all these white people. He don't want a, a ghetto guy to come into the the fucking UFC. Yeah. That's the type of guy that makes him okay that his daughter died. <laughs> Oh man! She comes home with that dude. He's out of his mind. He can't handle it. Even a John Jones type is too rough around the edges for old DC. <laughs> so <laughs> he wants so, a punter from the fucking Indianapolis Colts, my friend. Uh, so Please bring sorry. home a white guy with fucking gel in his hair. 
<laughs> so so anyway, I was gonna say so DC, dude, what did DC see that I didn't see? This guy beat the shit out of his opponent on that contender series. He comes in his first fight in the UFC, and just gets beat up. And uh, but now the UFC is trying to to give him a gift here because they they for some reason you can tell when they want someone to succeed. So they gave him they gave him Cody Brundage, who's been knocked out twice. Uh, the guy's been finished in his last two fights. He's eight and four. He was eight and two at one point. He was on the rise, but he's lost those last two fights uh, very easily. Uh, he's got the the seven inches in reach on Dumas. So I think the UFC is like they really want Dumas to. Yeah, uh, Dumas has the seven inch reach over Brundage. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you said, you said it backwards. Uh, but I'm sorry. Here's but... here's here's my issue. What if this guy isn't very technical? Because we have we didn't we have not seen enough. But Brundage is well rounded. Mm-hmm. He's got skills a little bit everywhere, right? He's got a little bit of power. He's got some decent cardio. He can fight on the ground a little, right? And I think he's been he's cert- what eight, uh, twelve fights. Yeah, he's eight and four. Right. Uh, Dumas has eight. Yeah. What well, was the amateur careers? We don't know, but. If I'm just looking at it from this perspective, the one thing that he's going to have to do probably is take him down. Brundage is going to try to fight for that ground shit. So now we are going to see if Dumas has the ability to fight off his back because he is a long fella. That was the thing we noticed right out the get is he's super long and he, and he knew how to use it. That power coming off the end of the punches is nasty. If he can avoid getting the first, you know, avoid the first few takedowns, you know, finds his range, it's a wrap. But if the kid's also great on the ground, he could snatch a neck pretty easy. You know what I mean? We'll see. Yeah, this um, is a guy. I feel like you know. Yeah, they might. I don't know. Brundage is technical though. You might be right though, being fed a little bit. Uh, hey, here's this kid that fucking slept. <laughs> he's eight and one in an amateur ring, but uh, yeah, Josh Friend man submitted him in the last fight. I mean, he came on the contender series and won in forty seven seconds, and he was like, ah, I would not take him. Wouldn't give him a contract. And I went on a fucking rant the next week, Ugh. but. <laughs> He was, but DC, maybe he's smarter than I give him credit for. You know, we'll see. Maybe yeah. DC is behind the scenes. Like, no, no, don't put Michael Jackson in the next fight. No, <laughs> okay. maybe he called it off in the get go. Don't have to, don't have CM Punk fight. Oh, no, you don't want you to. But wait, Sam, uh, DC was a big fan of your guy, Sam Alvey, wasn't he? <laughs> That's why he was why he was around for so long. I, don't know, I think they all just like Sam Alvey's. All right, the next fight. Flyweight bout. We got the undefeated. Uh, sure, I'll fuck his name up. Uh, Tatsura uh, Tierra versus Clayton Rodriguez. All right, so this guy, three knockouts, seven submission wins uh, for Tierra's. Uh, Clayton Rodriguez, uh, he lost to CJ Vergara uh, in, his, in his last fight. Uh, four knockout wins, two submission wins. Both his losses by split decision. Uh, I do know they got the common opponent with CJ uh, Vergara, who uh, Tierra uh, submitted him in the second round. So, yeah, man, this should be a fun fight. I mean, Tierra's only 23 years old. Both of these guys are young. Rodriguez is only 27. Uh, I'm thinking Tierra's probably going to try to take him to the... Oh, yeah, I think... Uh, Tierra will take this one uh, to the ground and uh, put away Rodriguez. He'll be he, he's thirteen and zero. He'd be fourteen and zero. Takes this fight, man. They need they need more stars. Like, turn this guy into a fucking star. Probably ain't gonna happen. 
Yeah, I don't know much about him, but uh, that 13-0 does look nice. And this guy recently, what, lost? Uh, Clint, yes, yes. Okay, there you go. Uh, Jamal Emmers versus Jack Jenkins. 19-6 and six for Jamal, 11-2 for Jack. Uh, what do we got here, man? You got anything on Jack for me? I don't think I recognize him. Yeah, he's uh, that guy from Australia. Uh, this, this, I think, will be his biggest test so far. He's uh, five knockout wins. Uh, he does have a big disadvantage on the reach here, 74 inches for Emmers to his six. Uh, Emmers is a guy, uh, this guy, he's, he's uh, two and two in the UFC. and He's okay, but he seems to lose to anyone with a name. Anyone you've ever heard of, he loses to. This, this Jack Jenkins, I'm going to go to him real quick. I, I know he was on that, that pay-per-view uh, that was out in Australia with Islam and uh, Volkanovski on it. Yeah, so that was his first fight in the UFC. He beat that guy. That was a decision. Uh, he hasn't lost since 2018. But you're saying that Jamal Emmers is the guy who tends to lose. Jamal Emmers, th this will be his toughest test. Uh, he's got seven knockout wins. But, uh, okay, so uh, his last fight, I never heard of this guy. Kusain uh, Azkabov. Okay, he beat him to fight before Pat Sabatini lost to him in the first round submission. Before him, uh, Vince Kashira, he beat that guy. Who the hell is that? I don't know. Right. But when he fought uh, Giga uh, Kachach, uh, yeah, I can't say the name. You know what I'm talking about. The Giga yeah. Chickadees, Chachatse, whatever. He lost to him. Anyone he's fight that you've heard of. Yeah. Uh, Julie, uh, way back in the day, um, 2018. Because this guy, he was on in LFA um, before, but back in 2018, he got a shot on the, the Contender Series. Uh he was knocked out by Julian Erosa. So Makes it, you go, you go, you could go through his record, and it's wild because it's like he's got win, win, win. He does in 2017. He does have a win against Corey Sandhagen. Before that, and then this is that's LFA uh, organization RFA. He lost to uh, Diego Moises, knocked out in the fifth round. Oh, this Jack Jenkins. You know this. This is a uh, kind of a Jack Shore type guy. One of those guys that. You know, just a, a couple good wins away from from having some kind of name. You know, maybe, maybe this will be the next big guy out of Australia. Well, I like the next fight. I don't care who the guy is that doesn't have a picture, but uh, <laughs> Trevor Peak. We remember this dude. Yeah. What did he come from? Tender series. He's a Southern boy. Came in and got a quick finish, I believe. I think he's already had one fight in the UFC officially. Am, am I wrong? No, you're just... exactly right. He uh, won that with knock by a knockout with one second left to go in the first round. Dang. Okay, so the guy's got hands. He's tough as nails. Straight from the farm, you know what I mean? Uh, and he's fighting a guy named uh, Chepi Mariscal. So, so had... okay. Uh, I was going to tell you, he was supposed to fight Victor Martinez. I don't know what happened to that, but last minute change here. Uh, this this guy uh, uh, Morris Call. Uh, this is his UFC debut. They just put him in here to to, to make up this fight. Uh, he's fought some guys. I'm, I'm gonna do the same. Him. He's kind of like uh, Jamal Emmers, but probably hasn't fought the tally. He's 13 and six. And if you go through his fights, like other organizations, Cage Warriors. You know he's got he's won three in a row, but they're guys you never fucking heard of. And if you find a guy that you have heard of through the years, which you, you he has fought some guys, uh, Sean Sereno lost, 
Steve Rodriguez lost. Joe Anderson Britta lost. Uh, so he did have a split decision win over Pat Sabatini in 2018. Uh, Bryce Mitchell lost. Anyone, Gregor, uh, Gregor Gillespie lost. Anyone you've ever heard of to his record, he's fucking lost to him. It's, you know, this guy is kind of like a, um, just say, uh, if you fight this guy, you may, and you beat him, you may end up in the UFC one day because that's what, you know, <laughs> if you go through his record, like anyone that's fucking, um, that's beaten this guy is, is names you've heard of now. You know, I'm sure back then before they were in the UFC, you never heard of these guys. So imagine being, being like, ah, oh, they fucking beat me. And then went to the... It's like the good luck Chuck thing. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, would guy you, you want to fight. You move right on up. But would you make the argument that you should be in the UFC, though, if like everyone that beats you ends up in the UFC and does decent? Yeah, except for you lost all of those guys. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, what argument can you make? Yeah. Hey, Dana, I'm the guy that they beat to... Okay, stay where you are. <laughs> but like I said, Trevor Peak, he's coming in swinging... I mean, I don't think he's been to a uh, third round maybe very few times in his career. One time in his whole career. He went to the second round one time. So uh, this guy's got big hands. He's coming in swinging. And we haven't seen him tested at all. And I don't think this guy's going to test him. I mean, he's got wins over uh, Kama Worthy. Eric Gonzalez knocked him out. So, Bro, this is at 10.30 in the morning. Is it? Yeah. I know it's on ABC. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> Now this next fight, oh gosh, it was this fucking asshole won't go away. <laughs> you know, why are you still here? Why For is what? okay? Me uh, find this sheet here. All right, so who's just anybody with a name on their birth certificate? Yeah, there you go. Uh, this guy, he's, uh, damn it, I'm trying to find my. they all my fights are all mixed up because they changed the, the fucking order all. Oh, here we are. So. This guy, he's lost five of his last six fights. Five of his last six. Oh, my gosh, man. So this, this Joshua Van guy, he's going to come in with a totally different style. Uh, I guess I should say his name first, uh, or try to say his name. Uh, Zolgus Zumagulov. Anyway, he's lost five of his last six, and he's looked pretty terrible. Uh, he's fighting Joshua Van. Joshua Van, he's only 21. Uh, this is UFC debut, and uh, just he likes to throw hands. He's never been to a third round. He's won his last five fights, and that includes his loss. I mean, his loss, uh, he was out of there early. So you got one guy that, that has all these damn decisions, and you got this Joshua Van who's going to come hey. in and, and try to try to get you out early, or, or you, he's going to take a risk. If he comes in here and he finishes this dude, his nickname has to be Party. Party. Joshua Party. Party man. <laughs> God, I mean, he ought to finish this guy. This guy, uh, he should not be in the fucking UFC. There's no way. Bro, if he's a white guy, he could also call himself Creepy White. Creepy Joshua White. Creepy White Van. <laughs> he's the fearless. He's out of Texas. Ah, he definitely fuck. doesn't look white, though. <laughs> I hope he loses now. Stupid bastard. Be creative. Use your fucking name. That's the whole point. All his fights were in Fury FC. He's going to be a star. What every, a waste of a nickname. One of them. I think Creepy White. If he's a Creepy White guy, that just fits better. And his Creepy White van. <laughs> now, must... you know, there's opponents when you click on them, they, they haven't had much fights at all. You know, 21. But, you know, of course he would call himself the fearless. 
You haven't experienced life yet, Jack. <laughs> uh, his last fight was against a guy named Cleveland McLean, uh, and he won via submission the second. And I only bring this up because Cleveland McLean, his nickname is Baby Beast Mode. I like that. Why does he sound like a fucking outfielder from the fucking baseball in the 1950s? <laughs> Cleveland McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> the his shirt dog account, he's got on like, they look like boxer shirts with the American flag on his shirt. Anyway. He sounds like a boxer actually too from the yeah. 19th. Cleveland McQueen versus Mike Tyson. That's not, he's not. Um, what is this next fight a fight or a contest of different kind? <laughs> It's a fighter contest. We're going to tab it to Ricci uh, trying to uh, throw hands and Jillian Robertson uh, trying nonstop for a takedown. Hey, they're both hot. What do we want to say? <laughs> Ricci, right. she's only lost once, and that was to Manon Farat. Uh, she was knocked out. Of course, Robertson's, and she's going to knock her out. Both of these girls are only 28 years old. You forget about that against about Robertson. Seems like she's been there forever. Uh, she has won three of her last four. And, Damn, and she's been riding about- high over. She had that grappling bout with uh, with Rose and beat her. And I don't know. I think that maybe some boosted up her confidence because she's looked great uh, lately. I'll tell I'll tell you exactly why this is with a lot of the female fighters that get a name that aren't even very successful. It's because of the octagon time. They're on the goddamn screen for so long. <laughs> All of them, right? Yeah. They're going 15 minutes, nine fights out of ten. Bro, times you know, times fucking fifteen by nine. That's just fight time alone. Yeah, it doesn't fight time introduction, all that shit, dude. You're seeing these bitches from fucking most of the events. You know, she's won three of her last four, and all three were submission wins. No surprise there. I want to see if Jillian has evolved. Show me something else. Well, I tell you, this fight ought to let you know. Uh, I'm saying because Richie is he's no uh, she's no no slouch. I mean, Manon Farat. She knocks a lot of people out, so and she just beat Jessica Penne, but who hasn't beat Jessica? All right. Good. Good luck. Oh, <laughs> oh it's this fuck? one. Yeah, let me find it here. All right, so uh, it's like Matezus, uh, Rebecca versus Loic Radzubov. I don't know. <laughs> Loic. I. You know what I mean. I mean, I could get away with Matus Rebecca, but Loic. Matus Rebecca. There you go. Sounds All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, 17 and 1, though, for that dude. 17, 4 and 1 for Loic. Uh, both of these guys clearly not from fucking, you know, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> fucking All right. People. Here's what I got right here. Uh, oh. Rebecca, his last loss and only loss was back in 2014. He was knocked out. He's won his last 14 uh, since that happened. He's only five foot seven. Uh, now, uh, the the Loki guy, four, four, and one in PFL. He's won four of his last five, four, seven knockouts, five submissions. All right, so he's got four decision. It's seventeen and four. Four decision losses. He's never been finished. Uh, this uh, Rebecca guy, eight knockouts, six submission wins. So here's what I wrote down. All right, Rebecca for the win, or could. Loki be the next Chris Curtis, which I don't think he will be, but Call Chris Curtis isn't the next Chris Curtis anymore. I just want to correct and make sure you say his stupid name right. He wishes it was Loki. It's Loic. 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 Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, I feel like one of the last fighters I remember that has been knocked out and went on a crazy streak, even if it wasn't knockouts, but a crazy streak of not losing was George St. Pierre. 
I mean, after Matt Sarah finished that dude, it was like nobody could stop him. Nobody could stop him. Um, <clears throat> so I just I'm brought up the Chris that. Curtis thing because this guy was in PFL and was average. Oh, just like Chris Curtis was, and then Chris Curtis came in and started knocking people out with no problem. Yeah, yeah we were very confused by it. <laughs> yeah. they, they're definitely finding these guys for a reason. Highlight reels. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see these guys fight because these are lightweights that I'm not very aware of. So maybe they get thrown in the mix. This is what they're doing, actually, because they both have heavy a lot of fights on their record. I think this is uh, why they're matching them up together, so that way we can see who could possibly be a contender. Somebody who could fight somebody in the top 15, you know, in top 10, whatever it might be. Right. Randy Brown, Wellington Thurman. All right, Randy Brown, 16-5. and five. He's coming off of a first-round loss to Jack Della Maddalena. Uh He does have a big reach advantage, 78 inches to 70 over Wellington Thurman. Thurman is 3-4 and four in the UFC. I've never been impressed by this guy. He's the guy that beat Sam Alvey via split decision. He was so, so happy. This, this was back when everybody was finishing uh, Sam Alvey. And uh, he's been knocked out twice. Uh, yeah, I think Randy Brown's going to come in here and, and try to put this guy away and get a knockout. Uh, Randy Brown, you know, he did, he's coming off that knockout loss. Uh, he had won his previous four, uh, and I think he'll just use his reach to his advantage. I just made the connection in my own head, and I kind of snickered while you were talking because <laughs> Wellington Terman has a name like a butler. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny to me. Wellington, my shoes. <laughs> like it just sounds like, oh, yes, sir, Wellington. <laughs> Wellington Terman. I mean, it's uh, yeah, this guy has – I mean, aside from his name – there's no reason to know who he is. All right, Neil Magny, veteran, 27 and 11 versus Philip Rowe, 10 and 11. This is an interesting matchup. And I'm going to explain why before Sam gets into all his details because I got some little stuff here. I didn't write anything down, but they're both in their 30s, okay? Neil has been around much longer, has way more experience. And as far as I would imagine the stat books are going to tell us is Neil Magny is definitely a submission guy. He leans heavy towards the submissions. He's willing to wrestle. He's willing to stand and uh, bang with you as well. He's tall for the division, being 170, being 6'2", with an 80-inch reach. But Philip Rowe is 6'2", with an 80.5-inch reach. Okay? So Neil Magny is essentially fighting Neil Magny, the younger version. <clears throat> Uh, maybe a more versed version, somebody who's willing to try to actually put somebody away standing early than play the fucking game and fight around forever. Uh, Philip Rose is a tough guy. He's a tough guy to hit. He's a tough guy to, he, that hits. You know what I'm saying? I, I think this is going to be a war, dude. Neil Magny is going to have to bring it. That veteran shit's going to have to really come out. I think there's going to be a moment where it is pure survival, even if it's short. You know what I mean? He's going to put Neil Magny in trouble. I like it. I like it. And, you know, they're both very similar as far as uh, their fighting styles were. They're, they're well-rounded. Neil Magny, seven knockout wins, four submission wins. Rowe with six knockouts, four submission wins. Uh, so all of Rowe's wins are finishes, where Magny has have 16 decision wins. Uh, Magny's been knocked out twice, submitted six times. He's lost two of his last three. Now, Rowe, you know, he lost his first two fights, his first ever fights, uh, both of them, and th now he's won tw 10 of his last 11. So I just expect him to keep going, man. He just knocked out uh, Nico Price in his last fight, and uh, that that's a huge win. 
Absolutely. Hell, Nico Price may be able to beat knockout Neil Magny. I would, I would, well, I would heavily uh, if I put them two together. So I don't know. I, I think Philip Rose got this. Yeah, I, I, that's why. That's one of the main reasons I leaned more towards him. I like to uh, say his younger version of his. That's, yeah, he, the difference uh, is, is Magny didn't come in with the heavy hands. He was very technical. He was a slow starter. He would try to grapple a lot. I thought he was more heavy. Like he was a submission specialist when he started. For sure, that's how they introduced him. I'm almost positive. So four submission wins to the seven knockouts. He's been knocking people out since he became a vet. You know, since he after all these fights, he's one of the few dudes that's been on this roster as long as probably Donald Cerrone, somewhere close. And Philip Rowe is just a different version of him that throws fucking rockets. Is he the guy so, that had cancer and like early in his career? I he had no something idea. he had to overcome like way back. But anyway, I could imagine psoriasis. So uh, yeah, psoriasis. Uh, middleweight bout next: Brendan Allen versus Bruno Silva. All right, Bruno Silva's a tough guy. He's got all the power in the world. He's got he's twenty three and eight, twenty knockout wins. But here's the key, man: he's lost two of his last three. He's been submitted uh, six times, and so I think that that right there is just tailor made for Brendan Allen. Uh, Brendan Allen's got twelve submission wins, and he's won six of his last seven. Uh, he can be be able to get Bruno Silva to the ground and put him away. Now, if this was a boxing match, I'd take Bruno Silva almost uh, against almost anybody. But, you know, unfortunately for him, it's not, you know, you know what? maybe this guy should go to bare knuckle. Yeah, I think the only thing that Silva is going to do as he comes into this fight is he's going to fight off of his back foot, att- you know, preparing for the to avoid being taken down. And that's going to give Brendan Allen so many more opportunities to strike head kicks or actually complete a takedown it's going to be a lot of defensive fighting for silva if he does try to get offensive that's where he's going to find himself making a mistake he has to allow allen to make the mistake for him to succeed all right next next bout featherweight bout david onama versus uh gabriel santos oh dear <laughs> we say that we say that i just looked ahead oh okay uh, <laughs> uh onama's two and two in the ufc He's coming off the loss to Nate Landwehr. That was a decision. Uh, so, you know, 10-0 and 0 outside the UFC, or 8-0 outside the UFC. Gabriel Santez, this guy, three knockouts, four submissions. Uh, he lost his UFC debut, debut to Lorraine Murphy. It was a split decision. Uh, his last five opponents, 63-21. Uh, and 21. So he hasn't been fighting any slouches. And this, I mean, this is a kind of a hard fight. Uh, he does... Uh, Onama's got 74 inch on reach on, uh, Santos only has a 70 inch reach. So I don't know, man, this would be tough. Uh, I think Santos, uh, maybe he gets this to the ground, puts Onama away. What do you think? Well, if I'm being honest, I don't, I don't really have much on either one of these guys that I can recall, you know, aside from the things that you said, I don't, I feel like we'll see. This is one of the more evenly matched as far as records, you know, the the height, the reach. Uh, I think stylistically it's pretty even, right? I would still stuck on the next fight, dude. I'm sorry. I got nothing. <laughs> All right. Next. Let's talk about the next fight, heavyweight bout. Uh, this is just a sad heavyweight division. How the way heavyweight division. Uh, Austin Lane, uh, Justin Taffa. Uh, I, I got to hear what you're, uh, what you're thinking over there. You looked ahead and you're like, oh, great. Uh... Well, as we know, Justin Taffa is not shit. 
what a what a terrible record too. He's barely fought at all. Six and three. But he's fighting Austin Lane. Okay. And Austin Lane, for me, might have been one of the first times Sam heard me talk about MMA on my own podcast outside of this. Because this was such a significant thing to me. Because he was on the Contender Series. Oh, you remember this, huh? And he fought Greg, Greg Hardy. Hardy. Okay? And this is one of those guys that certainly hyped himself up a lot before he went to fight Greg Hardy. And had it was one of the most iconic knockouts in the Contender Series history for me. Because Greg Hardy hit this man so hard that when he like popped back up, looked at his own hand, Bro, he, he, look at the replay of this. Tell me I'm wrong. He gets hit by Hardy. So, I don't know if he falls down, but however he hits him and he turns, he looks at his own hand, bro. Austin Lane gets hit, looks at his own hand, and Greg Hardy just hits him again like the dude wasn't even, he never saw the second hit coming because he was looking at his own fucking hand. <laughs> he got hit and goes, what the fuck? Was that me? <laughs> what was his thought? When he looked at his own hand, what was he looking for? Where's my, where's my sword? <laughs> Where, I thought I had, I thought I had Wolverine claws that would come out if I fucking somehow they'd be triggered. Didn't happen, bro. It was so iconic because I, I when I saw him finish him, I knew it was coming, but I thought the ref was gonna stop it when he looked at his own hand. It look, you know what it looked like? It looked like a guy who was like, God help me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was going to say, it looked like God it was a football player to know what he was doing. I need Jesus. Because, well, that's the thing, because the other football player knew what he was doing. Yeah, Because yeah. oh. this was billed as, because this guy played for the Jaguars, and he went up against uh, Greg Hardy, played for the Cowboys. And, it, you know, this this looked good on paper. I'm, this was back in 2018 on the Contender Series. And it, this is one of the fights that, you know, like Contender Series is, you know built a name off of. I mean, this was... Greg Hardy looked great on it versus this guy. This guy, I don't think he got too many shots in. He made him but, look silly. Yeah, look. and this now he's back. He went back on the Contender Series last year, got a knockout win. That made five wins uh, in a row. And now Greg Hardy, who knows what he's you know, <laughs> at home doing nothing. Oh, bare knuckle. <laughs> yeah, did bare he just knuckle. get knocked out in there too? He's gonna, yeah, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is what I wrote. This guy has power, doesn't move out of the way at all. So this is set up for uh, Justin Tefei, uh, a top of He's got six knockout wins. He has lost once by knockout, six and three. But this is his type of fight. All he's got to do is duck out anything that Austin Lane throws. Austin Lane, 11 knockout wins out of his 12, 12 and three, and three knockout losses. All three of his, all three of his losses, he was knocked out. So, okay. yeah, I mean, whoever lands a big shot, I'm sure it's going to be uh, Justin. I just want to say this about football players that, that end up in the UFC, especially if you're in this weight class. If you're a heavyweight, light heavyweight, there's there's two things that you have to be aware of. Just because you played football, it doesn't mean that this is going to be conducive to that same sport, okay? The thing that you have above anybody coming in coming into MMA from another sport, being a football player, is you are explosive. You have to utilize that. These dumbasses that are going two, three rounds that used to play football, you're never going to make it. You need to go in there and use that ability to be explosive as your way to win. 
Remember that dude that we just watched fight? That was a football player that had no fucking neck. He was all super jacked and shit. And he, they were talking about how he used to play football. Huge dude, but he was like 5'7", 280. <laughs> I, you know? I remember Matt Metreo. Okay. <laughs> he was the guy that knew how to use his his ability ability to be explosive. Greg Hardy was okay at it in the beginning, right? But when you're this big, you standing in front of a guy and not and not willing to at least explode and put yourself at risk because think about it, dude. The one another thing you got to have is at least a chin. Coming off of football, you know how to take a shot, so you can't be afraid of it. So take a risk. Take a risk, and we might see Tafa go down. I mean, this the name Tafa needs to be erased from UFC. All right, uh, for you, some. I was gonna say, the, could you imagine if Lane does knock him out and then? Uh, goes on like a tear. That would be that'd be one hell of a comeback from somebody that got knocked out by Greg Hardy. Absolutely. And, and not only that, but well, when you talk about these ex football players coming in, they're lucky to come in at a time now where the heavyweight division is such trash. If Absolutely. these guys would have came in ten years ago, they wouldn't Probably. last long at all. They'd be knocked the fuck out immediately. Their first two fights. Well, it's because even the guys that we already have fight pretty much the same way that most of the football players fight, and they're going to fight. Uh, let's stand and bang. Let's not be technical at all. You throw, then I'll throw, and then go from there. Whereas back then you had like guys like Fate, uh, not Fate, or Frank Mir. That's like I'm gonna take your fucking arm off. Yeah. Stefan Struve, I'm seven foot tall. Figure me out, dude. Good luck. Roy Nelson, also figure me out, dude. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the co-main event, interesting, uh, simply because Amanda Rebus is in it. But uh, Macy Barber versus Amanda Rebus. Uh, 11 and three for Amanda 12 and two for Macy Barber. It's about time. She does get this though. She needs to be up there promoted. She's a fun, fun person on the mic. She really takes the shit seriously. The only thing that I don't like about her is that she is an alpha male. <laughs> now she has won her last four, but all of them have been by decision and two of them were split decisions. Uh, her last finish was seven fights ago. She can't be controlled by good grappling, uh, man, I just want to see the old Macy Barber back in action. I know she's got it in her. She's talking about she's got um this like mental coach or whatever the lady is to her, bringing her back. Uh, Amanda Rebos is two and two. Uh, I think Macy Barber will probably win this easily. I don't think uh, Rebus has what it takes to control her control her with some grappling. But I mean, I guess stranger thing to happen. We we know this more than likely will go to a decision. That or Macy finishes her quickly. I think she might she might catch her. I would love to see that. I think here's how I predict. Hyper backup. I picture her catching Rebus, Rebus falling, and it being finished by submission. Like she's just gonna wrap her up. I'm like, not gonna I'm not taking any chances. I'm trying to move on, take less damage than I have to. Uh, but let's talk about Elia Taporia versus Josh Emmett. Okay. Josh Emmett is a veteran of eighteen and three. Elia is undefeated, thirteen and zero. And I've seen documentaries on this kid, and Josh Emmett is in a lot of trouble. He's in a lot of trouble, dude. I'm going to tell you right out of the gate. This isn't a fight where he can go in there and stand in front of this dude and throw overhands. I'm, I'm telling you, this might end real flashy. It's something about Josh Emmett. I guess it's his fighting style with all them damn decisions. It just, I don't know. He's never impressed me, man. He's got, you know, 10, 10 of his 18 wins are via decision. And, uh, you know, he's coming off uh, that loss to the year Rodriguez. But these guys, these guys fight maybe once or twice a year, and that's the thing. Is uh, uh, uh Aaliyah, you say it right? Uh, th- Aaliyah. Th- th- this guy, he needs to fight a little more to capitalize. Uh, I think he's gonna put Josh Emmett away, but Damn. no one's gonna remember him if he's gonna fight a whole year from now. <laughs> right, can I explain? 
I could almost bet you that it's because nobody will take a fight with him. That could be Ooh. the case. Victoria is nobody to fuck with, dude. I'm telling you right now. He's nobody to fuck with. This is a problem. And he's Josh, beat up some really good names, too. He's a, he's not Gamrot, okay? He's not these he's not Sarukian. He's not he's different. He's he's fucking different. Wasn't this the guy that got into the fucking shit with Patty? I was gonna ask you the same thing. I'm almost positive. <laughs> That's just the other level. Like this guy's a real, real fighter. This is like Jose Aldo type shit. You know what I mean? He really takes the shit seriously. He lives by that lifestyle. He's 26. He's a young cat, and he's he's good to go. Talk that shit to me in the hallway, Nate Diaz. Watch. I don't care if I'm smaller than you. You know what I'm saying? That type of guy. That type of guy. And, and he's really talented. I, I have not seen a flaw in this man's skill set. Okay? And Josh Emmett has one thing. <laughs> that's it. He's got to catch you with that overhand. And even that's not – Taporia might just eat it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Here's 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 my prediction for this one though. When I said flashy, I could imagine Taporia has been training a jumping knee because to counter that overhand, because Josh Emmett's little, he's a little guy. He's five five, seventy inch reach. Okay, that overhand to to uh, to Elia, they're evenly matched, sixty nine inch reach, five six. Right, you lift that, you throw that knee up as that overhand's coming. Guess what's going to catch first? You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think it might be a flashy knee. If he times it right, if that's something he's willing to risk. Because Tapori is he's he's so skilled, dude. 26. Fighting Josh Emmett, who is allegedly gonna fight for the belt. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we know who's next in line, Jack. Yeah, well, like I said, this guy, he wins this fight, and man, UFC, make somebody fight this guy. Because this is a guy that could be a, a household you name. Don't you don't have a choice. A little more. Right? I, I would imagine once you get in the top ten. You're fighting regardless. You get you get a choice of two. um, You know, winning fights. He's putting people away. Absolutely. Knocked out Damon Jackson in the first round. I almost am 100. percent This is the dude that got into it. It is. It is. This guy that got into it with bad. He's trouble, bro. That documentary I watched on this kid. He's he's different. He's built different. And you know, at the time, that was when Patty Pimlet was like built up, and not too many people knew who this guy was. And it was like, man, what are you thinking, dude? And then shit. He would expose Patty Pimlet if they would have fought back then. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I would imagine this might lead to something like that because of uh, the implications. But this guy's still... only 26 too. 26, bro. Yeah, looks like a full grown man. I think Josh Emmett was he's 38. So, so the one thing uh, that's not going to happen is Zaporia is not going to get tired. <laughs> not before Josh, at least. But dude, what an episode! Glad to be here. Glad to get all this shit out. I mean, there's so much stuff in this episode, guys. So many things. It is worth subscribing and listening to every episode. What are you doing? All right. Show notes. Check that shit out. We're going to start putting real money on this stuff once you guys start sending us real money. I would not <laughs> put my own money on this. Are you out of your mind? Like those assholes that message you and say, I got $50. I want to I want to take your advice on placing these bets. All right, buddy. Let's do it. I want half the winnings. Oh, man. We're going to get them all right. Just yeah, kidding. everyone, check out the live stream. That's right. Great job, Awesome, on YouTube, Pod Culture, on Patreon. And uh, that that's probably it, man. Mm-hmm. I can't even – there's so much that I never remember, you know? I swear. Uh, don't leave it to the judges. It's on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to follow that shit. It's important because uh, they'll look at it. Manscaped will look at it when they come to fucking give us a, an ad read. <laughs> They're going to look at our Instagram followers. 
And all you 20 bitches that aren't over there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bye. Uh, Fight!